Hello. We're going to speak today. There's just some things that um, we want to teach into today. And we've just been having a great journey of worship together. Who's been enjoying just growing as a family in worship? It's not like, well, we only actually started worshipping four weeks ago and we've had a whole four weeks together. We've been doing this for a long time and we've all been on our own journeys, but we've really decided just to press in and focus in a special way in that. And it's just been great to see us taking some ground in the spirit and also to... um, Oh, hang on, I've got the Hillshire Library. No, I don't want that. Excellent. Um, Yeah, it's been, you know, this season, this year is about taking ground and seeing the water level of the Spirit rise in our midst. And there's ways that we're going to do that in here and there's ways where we're going to be stepping out and needing to do that as well out there. And both are really important. Welcome, Ross. Sorry to point that out. He's, quiet. he's trying to quietly come in and I've just said his name. All right. Okay, so worship is the way that we take ground and the way that we have seen the water level of the Spirit rising in this place. And, you know, worship is a battle strategy in Scripture. And there's, there's many examples of that. Um, the Battle of Jericho is obviously one of the main ones and, you know, even all the kids from the very youngest of ages know that one. Paul and Silas in prison. Then you look at the way that King David actually came into his calling and his destiny. It was really through worship that that happened, that he learnt to fight the battles in the private so that he could fight the battles and literally had people after him to kill him on a regular basis. And yet, because of his stance in the Lord, he could take ground that he would not have been able to take otherwise. And it's interesting because like worship is really, worship is about him. Worship is for him. Worship is to him. And yet it's actually God that gives people in the Bible the strategy of worship to take ground. So it's not like, well, we're really using worship out of context now. It was God's idea to have worship be a way that we take ground. And so it's like worship becomes the sound of what the Father is doing amongst us. And as we partner with that and release that, we are becoming the intercessors that we need to be as sons to see heaven released on earth. It's a pretty big deal. And so if we're going to journey worship together, we really need to look at the relationship between worship and intercession because they actually go hand in hand. Now, intercession is sometimes a word I think that people have, I don't know if it is as much now, but it used to be this kind of word of if you hear the word intercessor or intercession, you picture a bunch of crazy people off on the side doing weird kind of stuff and, you know, well, I'm not really one of those. But actually intercession is simply mediating between God and man in prayer. That's all it is. And the way that I would define intercession is simply um, in John chapter 5 verse 19 where Jesus says I only do what I see the father doing and to me intercession is simply understanding getting in touch 
with what is the Father doing, what is the Father saying, and just praying that in or releasing it in, whether it's through a song or a prophetic act or whatever. Not all of worship is about intercession, but there are moments, and Jen just gave a great example at the end, there are moments when we are in worship together where all of a sudden it's like we know that this song becomes a moment to release something beyond us. So for me, worship in intercession is about worshiping beyond the room. So there are just those moments that happen. And like as we just focus on him, I love it how when you focus on God and you're worshiping him, who has ever had an experience of God in worship? Okay. Who has ever felt the love of God in worship? Okay. Who has ever had someone else come into their mind and ended up praying for them during worship? That's part, that is actually part of worship. As we focus on him, he can't help it. He's such a, he can't outgive him. He is going to give back to us. And we are just going to be able to flow in that. Okay, so how does this actually work? Like, can we seriously make a difference and change the earth? I mean, I love calling all the kids in kids' church. Your world changes because they are. We're actually all world changers. How does this work? Can this really happen? So what I want to do, I want to quickly cover foundational truth. And then we might just need to watch a clip from a movie that you might have seen before. Which is fun. But what I want to do is go found the foundations of why is this important. So let's just get right back to the basics because sometimes I feel like we can talk a level up here and sometimes we, well, what we don't want to do is if we're going to journey as a family, we need to start at the basics. So in short, we were created to rule and reign and govern the earth. Genesis 21.6 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth. That's fairly broad. And over all the creatures that move along the ground. So that's pretty huge. Then sin entered the world. And our authority was taken away. Then Jesus came. Yay. And his death and resurrection brought us back into our created authority through him. By becoming sons, we inherit the fullness of the Father's kingdom. And so we step right back into our very created authority to govern the earth. So that's actually where, what we've been created for, to govern the earth. You can read about that, Romans 6 and 7, if you want to unpack it, which is awesome. But here's the thing. If this is true, Han, have we got those clips set up? Oh, this is great. I've just literally had to say, can we do this? And it's done. All right. So if this is true and you have more authority than potentially you've realized, what are we going to do with that authority? I want to quickly show you. It's like a two-minute clip or something. You may have heard of a guy called Peter Parker who kind of became Spider-Man. And he has a moment 
where he has a transformation at a DNA level and then he discovers his powers. So let's watch those. Okay. Well, we haven't been bitten by a spider, but we have been transformed by Jesus and actually at a DNA level. And you know what? I love it how when he finds his new powers, he kind of crashes and burns the first few times. You know what? Sometimes we step out in faith and do things and it doesn't quite go as we had intended it to go. But God goes, that's okay, I've got this. (laughs) And you still get to use things in the future. But if that is true, if, if we've actually been changed at a DNA level, you know, when we, when we came into Christ, it actually says our spirit becomes one with his spirit. So it's not like, well, we're just joined and every now and then we do stuff together. It's literally like it can't be separated. So we literally have the Holy Spirit, one with us. We have the mind of Christ. You have been transformed little bit more powerfully than that but I would say to me it's like at a spiritual DNA level you've had a complete transformation so what I want to do I want to explain some authority levels so we can understand how powerful this is and then I want to link that back to worship Uh, Romans 8 31 to 38 Some of my favorite verses talks about how nothing can separate us from God and in him that we are more than conquerors. And then John chapter 15 verse 7 talks about how remain in me, I remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it shall be given to you. That's kind of like, you know, every child's dream. But actually remain in me and I'll remain in you. And as we are one, our wishes will be so intertwined. And so when you partner with me and ask, it's just going to be done because that's what it's like when we live together in one, in unity. So if you're more than conquerors, the person with the greatest authority over you is not Satan and it's not even God. We choose to give Jesus lordship of our lives and through that we give him authority in our world. But you know, even when you become one in Christ, you can actually partner to remain in him every day, enjoy abundant life, enjoy just this amazing life that we're supposed to have before we get to heaven or you could just kind of get through and and get to heaven. We can do that. We actually have a choice because we have authority over our thoughts and over our soul and over what we choose to let grow in us. So you're pretty powerful and we give God authority in our lives. He doesn't take it. I was watching the shack and I've actually forgotten the name of the guy that's the main guy. Does anyone remember his name? It's not really that important. Mac, thank you. Mac, thank you. Anyway, and um, you know what? I, I mean, it's not a complete biblical representation of the Trinity or anything like that, but there are some really great things in there. Who's seen the shack movie? It's great. If you haven't seen it, definitely... Get it to mess with your heart a little bit. It's such a good thing. But the thing I loved was the father was in the kitchen uh, baking bread and then the son was in the work 
like doing some carpentry and then I keep going to call the Holy Spirit Siri but I know that's the iPhone it's not what was the it was something like Siri so we'll call her Siri but anyway um, if, if someone doesn't know the name It's like Siri. Anyway, but I loved it because the father was with Mac and, you know, he's really just dealing with some heavy-duty grief and, like, just massive trauma from losing his daughter. And um, the father's just baking bread and she, which also messes with you, but that's okay, um, and she goes, hey, Mac, you can stay with me for as long as you like or you can go and be with Jesus. He's just out making something or Siri's in the garden. And it was... There was such a freedom in being with God, even though Mac was saved and in relationship with God. But the father was just like, you can stay with me or not. You can stay as long as you like or not. That's the level of power and authority that God gives us in the choices that we make, which I just think is so freeing and so powerful And that means that the level of authority that you have over your world is bigger than we realize. And we just need a reminder sometimes. I need a reminder sometimes. I need a refresher and go, whoa, that's a really big deal. Then there are are a whole lot of scriptures where we have authority pretty much over the earth. I think that's a big deal. You know... We have authority over our world. We have authority over so many things. I'm, I could go through a gazillion scriptures, but I've picked out four. I've got Matthew 28, 18 to 20, that you know, Jesus gave us all authority to go out, to spread the gospel, and to make disciples of all nations. That's pretty big. Then we've got in Luke 10, Jesus tells the disciples, just go and heal the sick. So we're told to heal the sick. It's not like go and pray for the sick and hope that they might get well. Go and heal them because that's the power and authority that I'm giving you. John 14, where Jesus is talking to his disciples and it's before he goes to the cross, but he actually says to them, you know, they've just experienced three years of pretty epic, like we're talking taking ground, like that was pretty huge. They have seen stuff that they would not have dreamed of And Jesus says, you know what? You're going to do greater things than these because I'm going to go and the Holy Spirit is actually going to live right inside of you so that you can do these things. That's pretty powerful. And then Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. I'll read it out. It says, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's really powerful for intercession in terms of the authority that we have in intercession. I believe last week, I was on Powerhouse, but I believe last week that there were keys that were given out in the room. Who got some keys last week? One person got keys. That's no, a few of you. That's really cool. And you know, keys actually represent authority. Yet we're told, I'm going to give you the authority. That's what he says. And then he says, whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. 
So as we have the keys, we get to see what is the Father doing, what's bound in heaven. So fear, rejection, anxiety, disease, death, that's pretty much bound in heaven. And we get the authority, we get the keys to bind it on earth. Then we get to see what's loosed in heaven because we're one with him, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places and then we get to loose it on earth. That's actually our job. So he is choosing to transform the world through you. Pretty huge. Sons get keys to the house. Who have children and you've given keys to your house, to your kids? Not yet. (laughs) It would be really strange if your kids didn't use the keys that they have to their house, wouldn't it? It would just be like, I don't understand that. Now, as a son or a daughter with full rights to the keys of the kingdom of heaven, you get to see what's bound and what's loosed and you get to release it. So this is really important because this is not a superpower that is given to special sons. This is actually for the sons of God to govern the earth so that we can see the heart of the Father released, so that we can grow the family business, so that we can extend the family, and so that we can see the heart of the Father released through you. I think it is amazing. I don't fully understand it, but I think that God is so gracious and so kind and so amazing that he would choose to give his heart to the world through us. Because... You know, I'm not a perfect parent. I know that might surprise you, but it's true. You know, at times I'd be wanting to take the keys back from my kids and look, guys, I got this, I will do this. But he's given us the full keys to the kingdom and we are supposed to use them. So we've got to do some binding and some loosing. Sound good? All right. 1 Peter 2.9 then, on top of all of that, says that you are the royal priesthood. Who knows 1 Peter 2.9? I know it because I used to sing it as a really old song. Does anyone know that song? Yes. You're a, I won't sing it for you. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. Turn to someone next to you and say, you're a holy nation. You're a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I love those verses. The role of the priest is twofold. One, it's just to minister to God. So part of your role is actually just to minister to him. He just loves that. And the other is to mediate between God and the earth. And so the role, our priestly function, you're actually all the royal priesthood as sons and daughters. And your priestly function is clear. It's an intercession that marries worship and prayer. So it's a really big deal. And it's going to bring heaven through you. So intercession, just like the superpowers aren't for the select few, the intercession is not for the select few. There are some who actually feel called to just 
draw away and intercede for days at a time and, and do you know there are things at the moment that I'm doing with intercession which I haven't done every single day since I became a Christian in year six but there are certain things at the moment that I have an as assignment for intercession but there but we are all intercessors it's not for the select few and so we have the keys and we're the intercessors and we're the sons and we have superpowers because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. We may not be able to do the web thing, but we have better stuff than that. So I've got a question for you and then we're actually going to go back into some worship. Not yet. <laughs> okay, if you were going to a meeting of the highest leadership of the country and you were going there every week, would you be a little bit excited about the fact that you could make some changes and you could actually have impact on a nation and you could help in making decisions that's going to change the way the nation goes? Could that happen? If you went to that kind of meeting, could that be your approach? Or would you just kind of rock up and... Oh, well, it's just another day. Like, what would that mean to you? If you turned up to a meeting and they were the, the leaders of the nation and you were there to make a change, would you think it could happen? I would. I would. I'd love to do that. Well, guess what? I know, that was a bit of a set-up question. We are the sons that get to shape history when we come together. Like this is what we're doing when we get together. We're doing family. We're having experiences of the presence of God. But we're also shaping history. We are here to be part of the DNA of Rouse Hill and beyond because we are here to shape the way the environment is. That is who we are and that is our calling. And so as we worship, we can be aware of that. You know, right now my focus is on obviously my family, as it always should be. It's on my I-61 family and it's actually on this region and there's some things that I've put in place at the moment um, they're in the early stages, but there's some really great things happening with pastors in the region um, and even a meeting I was at on Thursday where we're really starting to pray into the foundations of how this whole thing was set up in Rouse Hill and, and how we can move the churches into unity and how we're going to worship together and how we're going to pray for our region. So stuff is happening and it's exciting. And so I know that that's my focus right now I also know that I am born for cities and nations I just know it it's not like I'm amazing in any particular way I just know that that's what I'm supposed to do because when I pray and when I speak I'm speaking of nations that's what I do but right now my focus is to see the things happen here that need to happen because part of growing in our authority is being faithful with what we have and growing in that and letting that grow out. It's the parable of the talents, you know, Matthew 25. Read it, how if we are faithful with what's in our hand. So 
if you want authority for nations and you don't feel that you have authority in your own home, then I'm going to suggest let's start at looking in our own home. And it's not that we, well, it's not, we just box things too much. It's not, well, I'm in here now, so I can't do that. Like I still pray for Australia and we do our 7 p.m. alarm every night and, you know, Nathan comes up to me with my phone. Have you got anything, mum? So we can pray together and (laughs) we're always praying for Australia. But right now my focus is I want to see some stuff shift here because if I go straight into city stuff and I haven't taken ground in my own region, then I don't feel like I'm going to carry the authority well that I need to carry into the next season of life, right? So we have to be faithful with what we have, but we need to move forward in that because I know it's on my life and it's not just wishful thinking and it's not something I hope I get to one day. All I need to do is be faithful with today and trust that God knows the timing. So what are we going to do with what's in our hand right now? How are we going to grow in the authority? Because you all are born to shape the earth. It's just what you're born as, as a son and as daughter of God. But how are we going to move forward in that? So I want to do, oh, I actually want to read you this verse, which I love. Uh, Revelations 2.26 says, To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations to the one who is victorious and does my will to the end. I'm going to give you authority over nations. Yeah, so start with your own world. Yeah, worship is about him. And as I said, there are moments in worship where it's just going to be, I mean, we might just be so overcome by joy or we might just be so in his presence And it's not like, um, I need to push in now with my authority and what am I going to pray for? It doesn't need to be like that. But there will be moments that we need to probably become a little bit more aware of. So when I get together in a meeting with people to pray, I like to worship first. Because I actually am seated with Christ in heavenly places and I want to get in that space before I'm praying anything down on this earth, right? Because we actually are just praying really what the Father's doing and what he's saying. So, I feel like God is saying that there are battle plans that the Lord has over Jericho's in your world and in our region and in our city, and He can only enact them with our partnership. So, there are battle plans over Jericho's in your world. Who feels like they have a Jericho at the moment in their world? Big fat wall, they just need knocked down. There are battle plans that the Lord has for that. But only he can enact that as you just give all to him and just let him show you the way. There are battle plans that he has over the Jerichos in Rouse Hill. We We may not have a gazillion homeless people, but we've got domestic violence. We've still got poverty in our region. We've still got broken relationships. And so they are Jerichos that only the Lord can bring down. If Joshua had have gone, I've got a really good idea, guys. Let's go around the wall and worship and see what happens. It probably wouldn't have worked. But when God said it, it brought the wall down. So what we want is we want his battle plans in our world. I feel like he's just saying, if you will just get caught up in me, just get caught up in me, I'm going to shift things in your world that the best human strategies cannot shift. And we need that. 
there are things you know we've got great people that can do great help and have good advice and good wisdom but there are some things that God needs to shift that the best human strategies can't do and we need that in our world so what needs breakthrough and healing in your world today just tell God right now what needs breakthrough and healing in our region he might be putting something on your heart even now what needs breakthrough and healing in our city I don't want our city to get so desperate for God to break through because we've reached such lows like you see in some transformation stories I'm praying an awakening and a hunger now I don't want it to get worse it doesn't need to so what needs breakthrough in our city I'm going to suggest we get back into worship and we'll do let's do a little bit of a an exercise I guess you could call it let's just worship him don't get caught up too much in it but I just I guess what I picture is us focusing on him but just put your spirit feelers out and just let your spiritual feelers just come out and just start saying to him as you're worshiping okay God what are you doing in the room what are you doing in the room do you want to start playing something just something what are you doing in the room and if he gives you something for that that you need to pray or that you need to even maybe go and give someone then go and do that but then as he gives you that so you're being faithful with what is given you then I want you to say to him okay God what are you doing in our re- what are you doing over Rouse Hill Town Centre he might give you something for that as he does that okay God what are you doing over the region or what are you doing over our city? Like, let's just just ask him to enlarge your spirit. Because I know um, we've got some amazing people that go really deep into intercession here. And I know we've also got some people that may not have really done that much with that, which is totally fine. But what I'm saying is start with where you're at and just say, God, just enlarge my spirit. Okay, what are you doing? What are you saying? And just worship him and enjoy him. And just let him release to you what he wants to release today. We're going to talk about intercession again next week. And I want to talk about sending a song next week. But right now, we're remembering who we are. You're actually someone with superpowers. And just, God, just help us to walk in the authority that you've already given us. Open our eyes to what you've already given us. I just see people stepping into shoes. And they actually, I just see they're like big, long boots. And I just see it's like they're your boots and they've always just been there but you're just right now putting your feet right into them and I just feel like you're going okay I'm gonna I'm gonna actually really step into what does this feel like what does this look like for me what does this sound like 